I am Brooklyn-based psychotherapist Nikita Banks, and I am your host of the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is the podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. If you would like to reach out to us for feedback or show suggestions, show topics, please feel free to contact us at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to new or past episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. If you are having trouble listening to us on your preferred platform, or if you want us to be on a platform that we're not currently on, make sure that you send us a private message on our Instagram page at Black Therapist Podcast, or you can just drop us a message or send us an email at blacktherapistpodcast.com. If you want insider tips, resources, and access to our free mental health course, make sure that you text Get Happy to 66866. And my new book, Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy, is available right now on Amazon. You can go to our website or go to our Instagram pages and click the link and purchase because we want to help you get your relationships together for 2018 and beyond. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Happy 2019. Oh boy. Um, welcome back to the Black Therapist Podcast. So, I want to talk about the the new year. I really do. I have so much going on. Um, first, first things first. Let's talk about the last two weeks. So I took two weeks off to um, work on a few things. We are gonna start selling some merchandise. Freaking dog is just like walking around. We're gonna start selling some mer- merchandise. Um, so I had to redo the website. So Black Therapist Podcast is up. It has all of our episodes. If you are a therapist and you're listening and you want to contact us in order to be on the show, you can do that from there. Uh, It's a link to get to my calendar. Don't click it now because I will be rejecting everybody because I don't have my 2019 (laughs) calendar up yet, but it will be up hopefully within the next couple of days. I, I build websites um as well so I've done a lot of this work myself which means that it's it's taken me a long time not only did I do the black therapist podcast website I did my own personal site which is nikitabanks.com site uh I gave myself until 2018 to complete a course that I needed to be licensed in Florida so I'm I'm licensed in New York New Jersey Georgia and um, the ink ain't even really dry on my Florida license, but it will be in a few days. And so I had a course that I was dragging my feet to take. I had applied for my license and then my dad died. And then it was just like, man, this is the last thing on my mind right now. So I gave myself a deadline of, you know, till the, the end of 2018 to get it done. And of course, because my name is Nikita. I waited until December 30th to do the requirements that I needed to do. So that is all complete. And so if you are in the States of New York, you can come into my office. But if you're in New Jersey, um, New Jersey, Georgia, and Florida, and you're looking for a cool therapist, you can contact me and we can see what we can do. Okay. Uh, so I said all of that to say, oh, 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 and our mental health course, our mental health course is, is wrapping up again. Um, I'm not sure when I'm going to, going to actually start doing the, the course, the live course, but, um, it's on my site already. You can see how much it costs on the site. And so you can go to. I guess either one of the websites because there's a link there. And if you are not ready to take that free 
mental health well our free relationship course which is finding happy seven steps to relationships that will not steal your joy you can take our free mental health course it ain't as good I'm just telling you right now but it'll tell you um what to expect if you are going to a new therapist or if you've never been to therapist before and you're curious if you have a loved one who has been diagnosed with a mental illness what do you do etc so if you so if you're therapy curious our free mental health course is the one for you and if you are ready to uh, meet all of your relationship goals in 2018 then finding happy is the course for you and the course is reasonably priced is also cheaper than if you come to me for a couple's counseling session or for uh, any session and and there are some some live components to it okay so saying all of that to say I need another two weeks off so um, I think I'm gonna try to I'm saying I'm a lot tonight which I hate when I say um but I think it has a lot to do with my uncomfortableness with this subject that we're about to get into y'all know what I'm gonna talk about I just changed the subject, but might as well get on. Oh, oh, I, I need another two weeks off because I want to get the old content up on the YouTube channel. I have subscribers on our YouTube channel. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of content up there. I think I have made maybe four or five shows. So there are a few more things that I want to do to the website and a few more things that I want to do to the youtube channel and hello i'm only one person so i have to pace myself in order to get that done then i have patients at the hospital that i see then i have patients in my office that i I see and yeah i'm back in therapy let's start there right so if you're on my facebook um or instagram live then you know that my therapist been sick for a while, but I was really, really stressed, and I just called his phone number, and he answered the phone. So I went back to my life, my my first therapy session in a very long time. I think so. He said when I got there that I haven't seen him since July. So in six months, six months that I haven't seen him, and. I really missed him. I really missed being able to go in there and say what I wanted. Like, I I, I came home <laughs> from therapy and I was dreaming about something and I laughed in my sleep. Like, like, like a baby. Like, you've ever watched a baby sleep and like they laugh? Like, I laughed in my sleep. I laughed so hard that I, I woke up. Like, that's just kind of how free I felt just kind of getting all of my stuff off of my chest and like going in there and like talking and getting getting it out and so it was it was definitely needed I purged a little bit not as much as I wanted to but it felt really good to go back to therapy and it felt great to not have to start over with another therapist I've had a lot of clients who come to me and they're like oh you guys always leave and I mean, yeah, because when you work for certain organizations, the pay sucks. The pay sucks. The bosses aren't nice. You got all this damn paperwork. Sometimes you got to upsell mental health services. Uh, I don't know why they want to be bothered with that. So it was it was really good for me to be back. And then I was having some billing problems with a few of the health insurances who owe me money at the end of the year. So that was kind of stressful. So it was really good for me to be able to be in a situation where I could speak to somebody who's also a colleague in that respect and complain about the business in a way that he understood. So I'm glad to be back at therapy. And then my son is home from college and I went with him and um, his therapist and then they promptly put me out because his time is his time and it's private and that was that so that was my last two weeks so there may be a new show before the end of the month I'm pretty sure that there will be if I could bank a few up over the next few days and have some things to kind of schedule 
while I'm doing this these other things that may work but I cannot spread myself too thin I think he and I was was talking about just kind of taking some things off my plate because he was like you are full and gluttony is a sin so (laughs) that was that so speaking of sin and sinners Surviving R. Kelly. Hmm. I I don't want to do this show. To be honest with you. And and I don't want to do this show. The fact that I don't want to do it is the reason that I have to do it. Um I went to a holiday party over the 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 holiday season and it was a therapist event thrown by one of the, you know, my black therapist friends who is a male and the DJ probably unaware, but he played like seven, eight R. Kelly songs back to back. And I felt so conflicted and uncomfortable all at the same time, I kept waiting for someone else to like say something. And eventually I just kind of left. But I feel like that is emblematic and problematic of the way this whole thing has been able to persist is number one I didn't want to be that woman at the party like oh turn this shit off even though you know I can definitely be that woman like I just kind of wasn't in the mood for that that night and then number two I think it's it's problematic with what happens for a lot of us is we just hope that somebody else will will take the responsibility to deal with it and so watching this documentary day after day after day first of all I don't have cable I got I told you guys so I was watching it on the stick and um as I was looking at it just I was confused by a lot of things I was numb to a lot of things. My my first reaction was that, damn, I'm so desensitized to this shit. And let me say this right off top, right? So there, there are times that I come on and I discuss certain things with, with you guys as a therapist. But 90% of the time, I'm just me talking. Um, and you got to understand that I bring who I am and my response, my, my, my self-reflection and my whole self to the work that I do. But at the same token, I'm not always in therapist mode. Like sometimes I want to close my door because my kid is here. Sometimes I just want to, sometimes I'm just Nikita chick from the hood right so I've 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 been really disgusted by social media the reactions the responses black men have really been showing their asses a beat beat <laughs> I keep stuttering behind this whole thing and I told you I like Funky Dineva I was watching a few of uh, Quentin's videos about surviving R. Kelly in the show and he kept referring to certain um, psychiatric or psychologic things that he or phenomenons that were discussed in 
the documentary and I, I might go deeper into to some of them just to explain but I don't want to be misunderstood by anything that I'm going to say and I want to be very careful to victims of sexual abuse because even on so my own social media page because this topic is so loaded and triggering for so many people I know that there's an opportunity for me to say something that's going to either be misconstrued or misunderstood or turned around watching the documentary I was numb for the majority of it I felt desensitized and as a victim of sexual abuse myself it's it's what happens when you're faced with unpleasurable or unpleasant thoughts that may possibly trigger a negative emotional response you just fucking shut down so I was watching it kind of like not really paying attention to a lot of it I don't I don't want to say pay attention to it I mean a guy on the my on one of the Facebook post he was like well if we're throwing away R. Kelly are we gonna throw away Tupac and um Mike Tyson and I'm like number one Tupac he's dead number two who's really messing with Mike like who's messing with Mike Tyson there was a whole discussion of behind Mike Tyson and um the rape allegations he was convicted but the rape allegations and then Tupac's rape allegations and I'm not going to relitigate those two things I think that those things are different than the circumstances surrounding R. Kelly like there's no denying that R. Kelly is a sick crazy person and there's no denying that probably Mike Tyson has has hit women I don't know if he raped anybody, even though he was convicted. I just don't know. I was not there. There's not enough evidence for me that it happened. The The trial was a little crazy. There were, were things said about, you know, the accuser accusing other people of rape previously. You know, taking, removing a tampon. She could say no at any time. So she could have very well have been raped, but I just don't know. In the Tupac situation, like I'm old enough to have had friends who knew people in the hotel with him. And I'll leave it at that. But what was said when when I made that that point, like, no, like for me, the problem that I really truly had with R. Kelly is how he adapted like he literally was like, oh, okay, I can't mess with 13-year-olds anymore, 12-year-olds anymore. Uh, I'm going to just get them legal age. Like he started dating 16 to 17-year-olds and 19-year-olds. And it's just like madness, 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 madness. Just the, the ad- adaptation of his predatory behavior to seem more acceptable in society was like nuts, to me and if anybody has seen me in person I'm like five feet tall I probably weigh the most I've ever weighed right now in my whole entire life I probably fluctuate between like 220 well, 220 <laughs> uh, 120 to uh, 125 I'm never really over 125 ever and you know, I have friends who are in the music industry. I have one guy in particular who produced a song for R. Kelly and Ashanti. Shout out to Demi Doc. And I met R. Kelly. And I'm petite. But, you know, and he was very pleasant. He was nice. You know, was weird. He kind of gave me a kiss on the cheek, which I didn't need. 
but he didn't try anything. He didn't ask me for his number. He didn't do anything. Um, we were with some record executives. That was the end of that. Actually, I got a number for for my friend who was the producer, and it wasn't R. Kelly's number. It was for the for someone in in his record label. So. I mean, he's always, he was respectful to me, but that doesn't mean that he's a respectful person, right? And so on the post, when I I put some of that, I didn't put that in Metam or whatever, nobody cares about that. But when I put the thing on the, the post about, I was so surprised at how he adapted his behaviors. But, you know, I don't know whether the situation with our with Tupac or um Mike Tyson was an ongoing thing the person said well how many people do, do they need to rape before you know it becomes a problem which obviously I took offense to but then I had to say as a black woman if I was ever keeping score about the damage that has been inflicted on me personally by black men I would never fuck with y'all like I, the, 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 I believe there's a mechanism in our brain similar to the pain in childbirth. Like when you have a child, that pain threshold is, is, is more than we are supposed to be humanly possibly able to bear yet for the most of us who have had childbirth vaginal childbirth we cannot remember it because that pain also gave birth to pleasure and I think that we get to forget that pain I think that that is kind of God's gift in a way to allow us to keep procreating so that we are able to endure. Because if we could really truly remember the trauma of that pain, we wouldn't do it again. I think that same mechanism that works in our brain also works for us being able to continue to deal with black men who harm us and hurt us and don't honor us and don't protect us and don't treat us nicely. And then in that conversation, you know, it was a lot about, okay, well, even if Mike Tyson didn't rape people, he was physically abusive. But because I'm exposed to that kind of trauma in my own life. My father was physically abusive. So should I not love my father? Like, I don't have to support Mike Tyson if he's abusing women. And I don't know if he is or if he isn't. I, I just saying this was the conversation. I don't have to support him, but I still have to love my dad. I just don't have to love what he did. It becomes so complicated. So there was a lot of discussion about separating the man from his music. And you can't take anything away from R. Kelly's genius. I think we shouldn't separate him from his music because we are all complicated human beings. And I think if we listen to his music, I don't mean like actively going out and playing and listening to it on the, on the, the radio or popping in an R. Kelly CD. Although I, I mean... Love Letter was one of my favorite albums, right? I'm not talking about popping in an R. Kelly CD, but I'm saying if I'm in mixed company again where the music comes on, I'm going to have to make it known that it makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to have to make it known that I, I don't think that you're going to be able to think about and listen to R. Kelly and just dance to happy people and not know that he's a sexual predator. And he preys on women. 
there was another post from somebody that I, you know, I, I generally like who was like, oh, y'all been knew R. Kelly was you know, how he was. Just go ahead and step in the name of love. And I was like, no, 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 I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know because I didn't watch child pornography. Like, I never understood people that wanted to watch that tape. Like, I'm of the generation where I remember the tape being out. And I don't remember anybody I know watching the tape, but I'm pretty sure that somebody I knew watched the tape. But nobody ever had a discussion with me about them watching the tape. That's number one. Number two, I never wanted to see it because I was like, if I'm in possession of this tape, isn't this child pornography? Like, why would I want to watch child pornography? I just like it just sounded like something I didn't want to be a part of. So I never, ever had the the thing like, oh, that's that's him. Yeah, that's him. Because I saw the tape because I was never even going to put myself in a position to watch child pornography just to just to prove that this person was that. Listen, wasn't necessary. That was number one to me. But. Number two. I didn't have the frame of reference when this whole thing came out. I wasn't as adult as I am now. I I didn't, I, I, you know, I've since worked with sexual abusers and I know how they work. I didn't know about sexual predatory behavior. I didn't know that when my girlfriend was having sex with her father's friend, that and I told her I this is molestation like he's molesting you and she's like no shut up that that was molestation and maybe I should have told her father I didn't know that you know I, I didn't know what was going on when when my aunt was telling my other aunt that my 12 year old cousin was pregnant when we're seeing her belly grow at and I'm 13 and we, we, we're not going to have this conversation because my aunt was just like, it's not happening. And then a few months later, there's a baby, right? I didn't know that my mother was a teenage mother. I didn't know my grandmother was a teenage mother. I didn't know my great grandmother was a teenage mother. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know that my first boyfriend was 21. I didn't know he lied. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do when my younger sister was, was 16 and she was dating somebody that was over 21. And I tried to explain to her that I don't think you should be dating this guy. And she told me to mind my business. I didn't know. I didn't know that there were men out there that would psychologically manipulate me. I didn't know that there were going to be people that actually wouldn't love me and care for me. And they only wanted to harm me. And, 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 and use me as an instrument for their pleasure only and not give a fuck about me or how I feel. I didn't know. So no, I can't just step in the name of love today and be like, I knew. Like, come on, we, we got to do better. And these are black men. And then I had, I had to go out yesterday on a date I didn't fucking want to be bothered with no man <laughs> I could not do it I was like I don't want to do this I don't want to do this because there's so many rules and regulations and things that I have to do to keep myself safe if it's not you know, somebody trying to slip me a Mickey or they don't even call it that. No, I don't know what they do, what they drugging girls with special K slip me something to take advantage of me. If I don't got to watch my back on the train where I may or may not see penis because it's New York City. If I don't have to watch out for the regular creeps that I deal with cheating and lying and doing like. Now I got to worry about sexual manipulators. And a lot of it was hard for me to even fathom that 
parents would allow their 14 and 15 year old, 12 year old kid to be in this man's presence. Not, 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 um, not at a concert, not just to be in his presence. Like I didn't understand why that was happening. Especially not in 2019, 2018, 2017, 2015, 2016, you know, 2012. People was getting full on spins, downloads, um, money off of YouTube. Like you ain't need no goddamn washed up ass R. Kelly to get you no record deal. This wasn't back in the days with Aaliyah. You didn't even know damn R. Kelly. And let's talk about Aaliyah because there's been a lot of people saying a lot of stuff about Aaliyah's parents. But what I will say about Aaliyah's people, number one, I don't think they knew who he was when that whole situation happened. And number two, what a lot of people don't remember about Aaliyah, Aaliyah was Barry Hankerson's niece. Barry Hankerson was married to Gladys Knight. So they had already come from like a show busy type family where it's different. Like the rules are a little bit different. I, my son is my son is an actor. He's He's been on Broadway. And as much as I would like to say I could protect him. When he was in a Broadway play, I could not physically go backstage sometimes. Like they wouldn't let me be in the dressing room with him. He had a he had a monitor. She was bonded. I had her fingerprints, I had her phone numbers, whatever. But like he was working. Like it was work. And so Aaliyah was signed to a record label. Shit happens. But for these other girls, I just didn't understand like why these parents took that, took that chance to even have him hurt in these kids. And like, I I just didn't get it because I had this conversation around Michael Jackson. Somebody once was like, Oh, if Michael Jackson tried to do something with my kid, I would like Mike out. And I'm like, Michael Jackson got like thousands worth of thousands of dollars worth of security. Like, you know, if, If Michael Jackson, you take your kid to Neverland Ranch and Mike's security be like, let me have your booty hole. It ain't not a damn thing you could do about it. Ain't nothing you could do about it. You may or may not make it out. You may or may just want your life. Don't even put yourself in that situation. And then people say you're victim blaming. We are we are women. And we have to think two and three steps ahead so that we are safe. Your safety is an issue. Your safety is an issue. Compartmentalizing. We we are good as a community at compartmentalizing. But the reason that we are good as a community at compartmentalizing is because we have endured so much psychological trauma. The majority of black people are born of rape because our ancestors have been raped through slavery. You think, you think I just meet a buck today and you know, a a black slave and a, a, you know, male and a female, they just meet the same day that they want to have sex. We don't know each other. Slave master and, you know, Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemmings, she didn't have a choice. So sexual abuse and violence and lack of consent and lack of agency and lack of control is woven into the fabric of who we are as a country. And if that remains in our consciousness at all times, how the fuck can we function? We would have so much anxiety and so much depression and so much PTSD that we would not be able to exist. Now, 
I was going to talk a little bit about R. Kelly because what did stick out to me was the fact that he was abused and the fact that he was a narcissist and a sociopath and he was manipulated. I could talk about all of that, but I think that a lot of the comments that I've seen about him is that he's sick. When we're discussing his sickness, a lot of it takes his agency or the choice the choices that he makes to engage in these behaviors away from him it absolves him from doing anything better and then he had the fucking gall that I I, I didn't even know about this song Uh, he wrote a song called yeah I did it baby Who could possibly? And old people, grandmoms going to the, I'm just here for the music. I am so numb about my own abuse, right? That I went to, I had a patient. Um, I seen her, I'd seen her once before. Young girl, 16. Well, she said she wasn't 16. Around 14, 15. Try to get through this. 14, 15. She was psychotic. She she had a psychotic break. But we didn't know why. Um, and I went to go visit her and do, you know, my aftercare thing that I do. Sometimes I visit clients in their homes at the hospitals. Went to go visit her and her mom. And um, she had a first psychotic break. We didn't. We never knew why. Mom was in therapy for some other personal reasons. Her brother was in therapy for personal reasons, but this was a new behavior for her. So, a few days uh, go by, a few weeks go by. I get called to come back to the house. I go back to the house. She had a psychotic break this time. This time, the mom is happy to see me, but she's in tears. And I'm like, what the what what happened? The girl is like numb she's she's you know ayala says from the neck dead right dead from the neck down whatever so she says to me oh well um my brother caught me um doing something sexual with um whoever the guy's name was so the mother's like crying hysterically and I'm I'm like, well, what, like what? So the little boy is there. I guess he had to be about 11 or 12. Apparently he walked in on her giving this grown man oral sex, but the man had been manipulating her. And the mother was like, it was the mother's ex-boyfriend. And she's like, now I'm I'm about to lose my kids. I can't believe that this had happened. I really, really trusted him. This happened to me when I was a child. I can't believe I didn't protect her. She was like really going off. And I, you know, as a therapist, one of the things, the tools that we use to normalize a person's experience. So I asked the little girl how she was feeling, whatever, whatever. And I just like casually, because we compartmentalize. I mentioned, oh, well, I know how you feel. You know, something similar happened to me. That didn't happen to me, but you know, whatever. And um, when I say that didn't happen, I mean those circumstances, but sex abuse is sex abuse. Is violation is violation. So the girl perked up and she was like, what happened? And I was like, Oh God, I never tell this story. Like, I don't even know how to begin. And I wanted to like immediately stick it back in my my mouth. Like, oh my God, I didn't just tell these people that this happened. But the mother was crying so badly because when she told her mother that she was molested, her mother told her it didn't happen. Go lay down. And the daughter had known the story because the daughter was the one that related while the mother was crying. And then she was like, well, what happened to you? And I was like, oh, 
I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Like, I felt like I stepped on an emotional landmine. And I was like, I can't. I can't unbox this here. So what ended up happening was we discussed other ways to keep her safe. And I provided the family with some resources. But if you guys have listened to my older shows, you know that I've also worked with sexual predators. The problem with people like R. Kelly is the fact that they still live in society with us. And as you see, he's adapted. He no longer dates people who are underaged, but he dates people who are emotionally and psychologically vulnerable. He has now gotten the power over them and he's power drunk. Good news is he's going to be broke in a minute. Good news is we know who he is. The good news is there's no place for him to hide. The good news is hopefully people will stop putting themselves in these positions and predicaments to give him access to them and their children. I could talk about all the people that were complicit and that was around him. And one of the things I really, truly want to talk about is this whole phenomenon women have of believing that we are fucking special. Like I never understood why we don't see people for their past behaviors. I don't mean see people for their past behaviors like my old mistakes. I'm not talking about old shit. I'm talking about if you got a man who don't take care of none of his kids, why would you procreate with him? And then call him a name. Right? It, it was literally like that same kind of situation with these women was like, well, I heard he had all these, these sex slaves, but, and I heard he did da, 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 but ain't going to do it to me. Wasn't going to do it to me till he did it to you. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but we get so caught up in this idea and this fantasy that we are special and that we are going to change the the man for the better or for the difference or, or that was who he used to be. We believe so much in redemption. My therapist once said hope is a hell of a drug. It is because we will see things as they are and hope that things will be as we want them to be. We got to we got we got to do better. We got to do better. We got to do better. I I know about Stockholm syndrome. But I ain't talking about that right now. Y'all go look that up. Go look up narcissistic personality disorder. Go look up sociopathic personality disorder. I think personally he was going back to high school because he wanted to relive his glory days. That was when he finally realized that he wasn't little special ed Rob. He was robber with the with the angel voice. But that's neither here nor there as far as I'm concerned. We just, we have to do better as a community. And while we at it, because I was going to do this show a few weeks ago, we have to do better at protecting our children. We can't just be meeting some guy today and letting him call, sit on our, the kid's lap. It's our kids sitting on their laps. We can't have our new man or new friend babysitting our babies and we don't know them. We can't be out here making our children kiss people and hug people that they don't like. Kids know who they like and who they don't like and they know why they like them and why they don't like them. We can't be leaving our kids with any and everybody when they can't speak. Some of us, our culturally, we be setting our girls up for failure. And that's real talk. 
all this spending the night and you know, and, and, and I say that very not being able to, to spend a night at kids' houses and people who have brothers, hell, I was molested. None of that. I, I couldn't do any of that. I couldn't do any of that and still got it. So, mm. but some of these behaviors, all this calling somebody family that ain't calling girls fast, looking at our daughters as if they are competition. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. For some of these men, it's a new girl coming out of the ponytail every day. It's new girls coming off the stoop every day. But we got to do, we got to do better. We got to also stop glorifying these men. Cause I could tell you in my little neighborhood in Brooklyn, the same men that was out here, you know, on the prowl, in their forties, when I was in my my, you know, my early twenties and my eighteens, my late teens, they still out here looking for girls in their late teens and in their early twenties. They ain't looking at me, cause I I got bills, I got bills and life experience. You ain't just about to tell me nothing. Don't no smoke up my ass. You better come back to me with some receipts and some things. A man who doesn't have the mental capacity to deal with a woman will deal with a child. And we have to stop making this acceptable. We have to also stop making our children accessible. I don't I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to talk about. I'm surprised I got through all of that. I'm just disgusted. I'm disgusted. And, and as my in my capacity as a forensic social worker, I have heard a lot of things. And yes, a lot of the abusers were abused. However, at some point, you have to take responsibility for your own healing and not hurt people just because people hurt you. I don't I don't I don't want to say he's sick. I don't even want to see his sickness. I don't even want to, you know, empathize with that part of him. I know it's there. I do, but I don't want to be a therapist today. I don't want to empathize with that not right now. I want him to go sit his ass down somewhere and go get him some real intensive help I really want to be castrated I can't really say what I really want to say then I put up a post and it said a lot of people are calling for justice against R. Kelly but a lot of these same people broke bread with their family member I'm just talking, yik, 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 yakking, and the battery done died. Um, as I was saying, there's a lot of us out here that have broke bread over the holidays with our abuser. And the reason that I said our abuser is because, I mean, not me, I, I didn't do it. But the reason that I said with, with somebody that abused you is because unless it really, truly happened to you, you can deny it. And you can ignore it and you can pretend like it didn't happen. But if it happened to you and you still have to give that, or you still feel like you have to, because you ain't got to do shit. If you still feel like you have to give that person access to you, you, you are still allowing yourself to be a victim. And that's not where we want to be. That's not where we need to be, and that's not where your healing is. Somebody said that I was victim-blaming. And what I told her is I write stuff on Facebook. I can't read it for you, and I can't comprehend it for you. If you don't understand what I'm saying, then you can unfollow and unfriend me. I don't know you in real life anyway. But my point is this. If someone can tell you that they were molested and you can deny it, you can't deny it when it's you. And when it happens to you and you're still giving this person access to you, 
We got to we we got to examine that. We definitely got to talk about that. And there's a lot of cognitive dissonance that happens. Look it up. I'm not I'm not defining anything tonight. I'm not in the mood. But <laughs> you know, there's a lot of separation and and fighting of what you really truly know to be true because it's uncomfortable and and you don't want to accept it. Like Trump supporters thinking he give two dams about them. But that's a whole topic from another day. Um, we got to do what we got to do That's res- to help facilitate our healing. We got to do what we got to do as a community to raise our community standards. We have allowed the culture of misogyny and abuse and pimping and and men defining their masculinity through their penis for way too long like something gotta give we gotta start raising our sons differently y'all we gotta start investing in our, our men a lot differently we gotta start holding them to account and holding them to a different standard I will say this a lot of the men in my sex offender group they got women and on that note, if you want to join us for finding happy steps to relationships that will not steal your joy and, and, and learn new ways of engaging and finding healthy, happy relationships, y'all come, come get on the website and join me. I'm going to have me uh, a Hennessy sorrow and take my, my behind the bed. Y'all be well. And decompress and pray and go to therapy. Um, Because this, this, that was very troubling. I don't even want to talk about Dominique and the sex with the, making her dress like a a boy. Y'all be well. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your hosts, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I, thanks, on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A, banks.com, and on the show's website, Black Therapist podcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions uh show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at black at gmail.com thank you be well